One, two, one, two. Now here we go. You know what time it is? Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission, to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Yes, yes, yes. And we are back with another episode of the Frankie Lee podcast. And today we have the Canadian Oak himself on the podcast, Mr. Ian Andrade. I think I've pronounced that right. Have I pronounced that right? You're close. The Canadian <laughs> Oak, though, you can leave that. <laughs> How did you come I'll, up with that? Uh, mate, I, just, I just thought of it just then. I literally thought, like, because you, you're chiseled and, like, mate. It's the, it's the best introduction, isn't it? Like you gotta you gotta be a Canadian oak these days. But mate, obviously, like welcome to the podcast. Um, I just want to give you a bit of a background to Ian before we before we start. Ian is like the original founder of the of Never Quit, not not the Never Quit Fit Factory, Never Quit itself, like the original um, Gold Coast brand of gym. He's obviously trained celebrities and everyone everyone like that, uh, influencers, high level influencers, and a lot of lot of famous people. Um, blue ticked influences and all that kind of stuff mate welcome to the podcast oh thanks for having me man it's good to be here mate pumped. It's good. we've been talking about this for a little while so it's good to sit down and uh have a little conversation mate i've, I've wanted to get you on here for, for as you know for a long time man but like it's just like you get getting it down and obviously you were filming a tiktok so you were seven hours late yeah oh, well, that's a funny story about that that was actually my first one i was just walking by and i could see a bit of filming going on they're like hey jump into the tiktok yeah bring, one take wonder bring bring that bring that canadian oak we need you in the tiktok yeah. <laughs> i see he says he texts me saying i'm gonna be late like we were, we were about half an hour late at this point and then i look on instagram and there he is doing a robot dance on a tiktok i'm like mate come on man but anyway let's get into it like so uh, mate I've, I've put it out on instagram to get some questions for you and there's so many questions for, for, for you so mate you're, you're already already up there with the most popular guest already like so we've got we've got loads of questions for you that are all fitness related but before we go into that i really wanted to like obviously like pick your brains about how it all started in regards to your fitness journey because obviously like what made you like first want to get into like the fitness industry as, as a child and that yeah that's true that's actually a really really good question it's something that i kind of thought about like a few times now that I'm at this point in my life, my whole life kind of revolves around fitness. I'm like, how did this start? How did I get into this? I guess from a young age, I think it was influenced um, not only by the culture of sport, which I was involved with, but also my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my dad's in the military. You can kind of think of him as he's a bit he, more he's mellow He's in good now. shape too. He's in good shape yeah, too. Yeah, he's he? mellow now, but you got to, in the formative years of my life, like when I'm growing up, he's like Rambo. So he's in and out of deployment, going overseas on combat tours. He's staying fit. He's active. And there's two kind of quotes that he would always throw at me when I'm a kid. Yeah, go on. Go so on. the quotes are, I could never, I was never allowed to say I'm bored. He's like, yeah, if yeah. you're bored, read a book or do some push-ups. Right. So I'd be sitting there. <laughs> Is I'm this like, why you're jacked at four years old? Uh, so like, yeah, at a young age, and we have a huge library at home. So it's yeah, filled yeah. with books. Like I'm a super, I guess, naturally curious person, but also love to read. Yeah. I like filling my mind with stuff. Like I feel like to progress for me personally, like I have to be feeding my brain with good knowledge. Yeah, 100%. Like this is who I am. But I think in those early years, like when I was like, I'm bored. So I would actually go do push-ups. Like I'm like five, six years old. I go bang out some push-ups. How many were we talking? How many push-ups were we doing at five, six years old? I was doing a few. I can show, I can post up a photo of me when I'm a kid. Mate, I've seen it. I've seen it. You're, you, you're like doing this, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that photo. You, you, was re you had a six-pack then. You was only like four years old. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I was like, what's going on with this kid? This kid's like fucking jacked. Yeah, so like at the time, you're kind of like resistant. Like as a kid, you're, you're not really excited about going to do push-ups or read books. Like that's not exciting. You like want to go do active stuff. Like go play with your friends, um, play video games, do all that kind of stuff that normal kids do. But like, you know, my dad's quite assertive. And at the time, like if, you, if he says do something, yeah, you're going to do it. Yeah, so I go, yeah, for sure. I go do some push-ups, you know, go and try and open a book, trying to trying to um, get my head around, like, actually reading at that point and stuff that was not forced upon you in school. And, like, he actually had a ton, a ton of fitness and training books. So, like, at a young age, I was doing kind of the calisthenic stuff, doing some push-ups, and I got into my first 10K run when I think I was five, like a, an organized fuck, 10K fuck, run. You, you went on 10K run when you was five years old. Yeah, so, again, talking, I guess, about my dad, he was in, big into running marathons. Like, he yeah, was yeah. lifting weights, doing marathons. He did these things called the Mountain Men, which is, like, the military version of Iron Men. Yeah, it's yeah. an 80-kilometer run. You got to carry a rucksack, <laughs> which is, like, 15Ks or 15 kegs on your back. Yeah. You got to carry a canoe over your head, and then you got to paddle the canoe for like ten kilometers. So he was into some hectic stuff. Like he did those long ultra races, like one hundred twenty-five k's. Like he was just getting after it, mate. That's mate, t- mate. That is some serious stuff going on in Canada, isn't it? When you're five, that is some serious stuff to run. So like I was running through like what, 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 like the Rockies and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That one's actually called the Death Race. It's in the Canadian Rockies, mate. Yeah, and you and you took part in the ten k when you was five years old. Yeah, like I was just really, really active. And then I guess next is when I get into sporting. So like in Canada, probably the most popular sport is ice hockey. Yeah, yeah. And you're and I've seen you skate, man. <laughs> like remember that remember that time I went skating and I turned up at you as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you turns up and I'm 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 on there like walking on there like Bambi on ice. Yeah, and I'm just and it just it just comes full pelt fucking sk- skating at me and it does a what's that side side thing where you spray like this just the ice at you oh it's just a stop yeah yeah, yeah that, that that thing mate honestly it scared the shit out of me <laughs> but yeah yeah so you're like you're kind of like at that age just involved in sport and your dad's kind of into physical culture like my dad so i i think without even being conscious of it or not like that started to kind of mold some activities behavior and a lot of discipline yeah 100 percent. like i mean the guy always talking about discipline He's actually a, quite a wise guy. Like, if you lead people into combat within a life and death situation, you have to be a good leader. Yeah, yeah. You have to instill wisdom. You have to be able to calm people down. And it, it comes, like, that wisdom kind of got transferred onto me, whether I was, like, conscious of it or not. But he was always kind of bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. So he literally steered you uh, along the path of, like, health and fitness from a very, very young age, gave you a footing in it, and also built, like, so did he, like, wake you up at, like, 6 a.m. and say, right, so we're going out for a run, and then we're, and then and then you're eating this, and then did he even, did he program your food and all that stuff, and, like, was it proper, like, regime, or? Uh, it wasn't that regimented. It was just, like, a structure of discipline, and this is the hierarchy of how this household runs. But that being said, like, he was gone a lot. Like, if you go on a deployment, I remember when he was going to, like, the former Yugoslavia, yeah like he i was born and then he was gone for two years so, you, so you and, and then he, and he comes yeah. back as soon as i was born and then he comes back and then another deployment so so he went but, went away for the whole two years like you did not see him for two years yeah it's back-to-back deployments i mean you're home for like a few weeks to a month at the time obviously i'm quite young but that's just an example so i get these intermittent bursts of this discipline and physical culture and then you know he'd be gone so i kind of have this i guess dualistic approach to kind of my personality some of those who know me Whereas, like, my mom's really soft and sweet and super caring, and then my dad's a li- little bit more firm, kind of aggressive, hyper-disciplined. So I kind of I have this both parts to my personality where I can be very, like, assertive and I'm very focused on discipline and then obviously, like, the caring, 
uh, emotionally intelligent side of my mother. So I kind yeah, of yeah, carry yeah. both. So it's a bit of a balance of both both yeah. estimations. Obviously, uh, your mum must have done had a massive impact on your life because she was looking after you for like two, three years on, on her own at, at different points while your dad was on deployment. So you obviously had a lot of mother time. You know what I mean, um, mate? In in relation to obviously, you, you obviously with your ice hockey. Like, what was you got you got into ice hockey and then obviously found out that that was your sport of choice and that was that was your key thing that you love to do. What did you ever think about going go like obviously trying to go pro in ice hockey or is that a thing in Canada or what's what was what was the moves of that? Um, I think you kind of get to like a certain age and you realize like okay I'm not bad at this sport yeah like I'm not the best of the best but I'm playing at the highest level yeah and then I guess with athletes obviously you know spending time around athletes. There's kind of two kind of athletes if you want to play at a good level, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a naturally gifted person who the top one percent, I call them. Yeah, they literally can eat McDonald's every day and you know be hungover and still be the best player on the ice. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. I've Obviously, that's that. going to wear out over time, and to get to that next level, you're going to have to put in some time, effort, and you're going to have to focus quite a bit if you want to make or become one of the best in the world. But there is a lot of those people growing up, like they're just fantastically gifted, and they they can show up and. They perform well, and they're the best player on the ice. And then there's the other category, which I kind of view myself as, like, I had to work all summer long if I wanted to make the best team, especially as a teenager. Yeah. So this is kind of one of the reasons I got into hockey. So obviously in Canada, I don't know how it's structured here. I kind of have an idea. But you jump from um, elementary school. That's grades one to six. And then you go into junior high. And then you go into high school. And when you get to a certain age with hockey, you're playing against um, – a group of kids who are, like, three years older than you. So you get to, like, 14, 15, you're playing with 16, 17, 18-year-olds. So you're pl- kind of playing against grown men. So, so, And that's just to obviously push your development, push your, push push the limits of your, what you're capable of at that age. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know the rationale, but there's a huge size difference because, like, yeah, some yeah, people yeah, still grow yeah, until they're, like, 16, yeah. 17. So that's when the focus became on strength training. Yeah, And the, the coaches there are pretty candid. Like, they'll tell you what you need to work on. And the elimination process, like, try, let's go for a few months. So is it, is it like, what position were you playing at that I played point? defense. And if you, if anyone who hasn't seen me, I'm about five foot ten, um, a very small defenseman for ice hockey. Yeah, so um, is, that, is that what was always going to hold you back then, the, the height issue? Uh, and the, the size. So I knew at that age, I'm like, I need to get really strong. I get re- really physical condition. I need to play, like, you know, you know, the smaller you are, you have kind of a chip on your shoulder. You got to play aggressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like a little Rottweiler. Yeah, and then you know, as when you're a teenager, you're, you're super insecure. You're like, you look at yourself. You got like I had braces. You're skinny. You're like, oh, I need to do. I wanted to do something about it. So I was yeah. weak. I need to get stronger for hockey. I looked at myself. I'm like, and I had seen all these magazines grow like growing up of like, like men's fitness and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, just stuff like that. And I started I grabbed some weights. We had weights in the basement. I started doing curls in front of my mirror in my my bedroom when I was like fourteen. And that's kinda how it started. But but if you if you think about that as 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 in terms of like a, a lifestyle, that that moment when you decided that you were going to get bigger because you weren't happy with the way you looked or the way you know or in order for you to get to the next level in ice hockey you had to grow that little bit of growth there has led on to this whole journey that we're going to talk about today that was literally like was that literally like the key moment for you just that moment there yeah well the thing is with ice hockey you're going to get injured like it's just a matter of fact doesn't matter how strong or big you're like there's gonna be some point in time you get injured but if i didn't work out or i didn't make myself stronger like i would have never been able to compete so that's when my obsession started, like 14, 15. And within, uh, by the time I was 16, I gained 100 pounds. 
So what's that in ki- what's a hundred pounds in it's kilos? Like Forty five kilos. You, you, you seriously? Oh, maybe yeah, just about then. Yeah, people were like, that's, that's by the time, I, yeah, by the time I was seventeen, I was nearly ninety kilos. Wow, and so you start. I'm about like, seventy eight now, so I I got into the weight training hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I because I've seen you bigger than what you are right now. Yeah. But like, it's just my preference now. What and my lifestyle? What what suits me? Yeah, I think I think you've, you when you were like ninety kilos, I think. You probably you probably weren't um, as happy with how functional you were. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like as an as an athlete type thing. So when when did you kind of decide then? Okay, I've, uh, you you got jacked. You you you're playing ice hockey now. You're playing at a decent level. When did you decide? Okay, I'm not going to make it in ice hockey, or I'm not going to make it to the level that I want to make it to. So when did you decide to get out of that and pivot into something else? Oh, I was like 16, 17. I'm like, I like working out way more than I like playing hockey. If anyone who knows me growing up, I'd skip class to go to the gym in the school to work out. I get in trouble constantly. My teachers are like, you know, you can't make a career out of this. <laughs> so, so, wait, so, wait, so did you, did you, did you just go at 16 or what, what age you even leave school in Canada? Did you leave school at like 16 and then start doing like a, like a, what do you call it? Like a training apprenticeship or like a PT course or what was it? What was it you did from that point? No, I never left school. Like I, was, I completed high school and and did all that stuff. Like I would, I, I kind of checked out mentally, and I was just focused. Like that's when I started my furthering my education with training. So, I'd, I mean, I'd probably read like a hundred books on strength training by the time I was eighteen. What was I, I used to sneak them into my class to read training books and read training programs. And in regards to books, in and especially strength training, what was what was the one book out of the hundred that really did like that stands out for you as your go to bible that actually re- you, where you where you soaked up so much knowledge that it's like it just put all the other books to shame. Uh, I find probably the, one of the best ones that I read was was called the Poliquin Principles from Charles Poliquin. So right. he was um, he's trained over eight hundred Olympic athletes. He's got world record holders in twenty three different sports, and he put out this great book on. Um, I guess the first one that I read was on hypertrophy training. Yeah, and it was just such a systematic approach, and it was like honestly, what I read when I read strength training books, like crack for my brain because it starts to lead to different questions and like uh, practical application and how would this work with that. So like for me, obviously I didn't have much of an understanding of biomechanics or physiology at that age, but I was just, it made me naturally really, really curious. And that's when I started trying out different programs. And by the time I was like, you know, in high school, because I had gained so much muscle, like everyone thought I was on steroids. Like, what are you taking? But I was just studying, training hard. And the other thing is like, I learned how to train hard from a young age yeah, like for hockey, strength conditioning is super intense. Yeah, like the practices are super hard, so you understand effort from a young age. And then also, I was going to the military gym to work out, and these guys—is this like, with your dad or, or on your own? Uh, you get a membership included if your if your family's in the military, and the base was like five minutes from my house. So I go up there, and like that's when you learn trial by fire. Like there's a bunch of savages in there. Like you just ask. <laughs> so, and that's how information used to travel back yeah, then. Yeah, you ask yeah. the biggest guy like, oh, yeah, what do you yeah. do? Yeah, what do you do? How do you lift this? And he would just show you. Yeah, so there's a big difference between like, obviously people have an incredible, um, I guess, understanding of things from like if you're studying and you're reading, but when you practically apply it, like that's when you get a lot of the wisdom. You might not know how or why, but you know how to do it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 for sure. So you learn, sure. A, I learned a lot in that gym. There's some absolute savages, some shit that I see in there. I still like. You're still I, not going to see, it, see no. it to this day in world gym. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, and guys were nice enough to take me under the wing. And that was kind of my first love with, with training is like bodybuilding style training. Like I just wanted to get 
jacked. So did you, I? I could imagine you would have wanted to have, have, have had the same like aesthetics as someone like Frank Zane, or would, is it some of those early bodybuilders that you you looked at upon as as the perfect aesthetic look, or did, or or was it was it a fitness person that you looked at? Who was who was your who did you look up to and kind of want to aspire to look like in terms of like body comp- composition? Um, I, I, at that point it was really, wasn't about aesthetics. It was just like, like getting stronger, getting bigger. And like, for me, it's like weight training at that time was a form of meditation. If I was like ever stressed to go, I'd go work out. If I needed to think about something deeply and create a solution, like I, I would go work out. Like I would just work out became my crutch for everything. Yeah. 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 Like so training became a huge part of my life. Yeah. A hundred percent. And what, um, so from, from this point now you've, you're trained in the military gyms, you're doing all that, you've learned all this stuff. When did you, when did you say, okay, this is what I'm passionate about. It's clear that it's clear that I'm passionate about it. So I'm going to become a trainer. When, when was, when did you make that decision and, and what, what kind of road did you take into getting into that? Yeah. And this is how I kind of got into functional fitness as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because so I hit 18 and you know, obviously there's a lot of social pressure not only to get a career and like, fuck, you're 18. Like, yeah, how do you know, much, how do you know what you much. want? But anyways, there is that pressure there. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, kind of following in the, I guess, similar, but not the same footsteps. I actually applied for the military. I got accepted. Yeah. Uh, my mom wouldn't let me go. And now in retrospect, I'm like, that's a good thing to have. Like, imagine having two. Well, everything for a reason, right? Everything for a yeah, reason. Yeah. So I, I didn't go and join the military, even though I've really, that was something I really wanted to do. Uh, because yeah you gotta work out you gotta shoot guns um <laughs> obviously i know the insides of it a lot you more shot than me at paintball you bastard <laughs> 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 fucking hurt carry yeah. on i mean that's the glamour side but there's a lot of things that people don't see but growing up in a military family you understand what's involved in the sacrifices that you have to make 100%, but i was i was yeah. i was willing to do that i wanted to do that my mom's like you're not <laughs> the military i can't have another one yeah another one go so then i looked into firefighting start, started studying a bit of firefighting and the first day of my firefighting course, we're doing, P- <laughs> we're doing PT. So you got to think I'm yeah. like, I'm jacked up at this time. Yeah. Like I haven't gone for a run in, in ages. Yeah. Like I've just focused on pumping big weights, no cardio. Yeah. Just eating as much as I can to get big. And they're like, okay, we're going to go on a 3K run. And there's this massive flight of stairs it's in the River Valley of Edmonton where I'm from. And anyone who's from there knows how many. There's like 200 fucking stairs. Right. Can I swear on here? Yeah, mate. Man, <laughs> I swear, man, I can't help but swear. Like, carry on. Just, just swear away. Yeah. So it's a huge staircase. And they're like, okay, you're going to go down, run a little loop, and then you're going to come up. Okay. Um, so, like, I knew how to push hard. But my body was not keeping up with my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my shins are on fire. Yeah. Like, because you're it, carrying 90 kilos at this time. Yeah. You? Like, yeah, 85, 90 kilos. I'm, I'm pretty heavy. And like, for my frame, that's pretty big. That's, that's like, I'm big, stocky, yeah. but yeah. my neck's jacked up, chest, <laughs> arms. My arms used to be 18 inches. They're about 16 and a half now. So, yeah. I was, I was pretty big. Anyways, I, I willed my way to third place. And I'm pretty competitive. I don't actually don't like winning. I don't care about winning. I just dislike losing. There's actually a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know if you can tell that. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I get that vibe from you. Like if yeah. I if I win, it's like oh whatever. Even like, when we're talking about technique or something within like when you're learning about like boxing or, or even when I see you learn about like you obviously kickboxing is your thing right now, you always want to like finesse it because you you you, you just want to know the correct the correct way of doing things like to the nth degree and that's that's a great mentality to have because that's what's took you this far a hundred percent yeah i do like details i appreciate details yeah 100%. and i'm also fascinated by them because there's so many 
little details to something that may seem simple. You know the, what I mean? Yeah, but those little one percents that 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 fascinate you, and obviously I'm big on the one percents as well. That's that's really what moves the needle in, in anything that you do to the nth degree. Like people people forget that they they they, they they'll do eighty percent, but then and and they won't do they won't do the final twenty because the final twenty is too fucking hard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so. and the final percent is hard because sometimes it's not a matter of learning; it's unlearning. It's unlearning bad habits because, yeah. like, what you've just what you've just said is you've spent you've spent like four years at this point jacking your body up to forty five kilos, <laughs> and now you, now you're now you're wanting to do something com- with your body that your body's not you've not accustomed your body to your, your your body's been stood in a static position pumping weights now you're going now you're running now you're running after these jacked canadian oaks <laughs> through a forest trying to get into the fireman's fire brigade and mate to be honest they probably still let you on the calendar didn't they <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at, this, at this point it was just it was just training so at the after that day yeah you know when you have like a painful experience and it's kind of just burnt in you're like i never want to feel like that again yeah yeah, yeah. you know that sensation where you're like yeah 100 okay, i don't that was really uncomfortable. I'm never going to feel like that again. That's yeah. when I got into conditioning. Yeah. And that's when I learned how to uh, like control my heart rate. That's how I learned how to build cardiovascular fitness. That's when I learned how to be a bit more functional with my body. And from that day on, I got cro- I got certified in CrossFit back then, 2008, 2009. Like, yeah. cro- no one was really doing CrossFit. They're like, is it a superset? Like, what do you do? But it was like a hardcore training and conditioning program back at the time so I started diving into that one of the guys who is a, a fire instructor owned an MMA gym it's called Hayabusa Mixed Martial Arts and this yeah, is like yeah, 2009 yeah. so I started going to that gym I literally got my ass kicked <laughs> mate welcome, I was drawn towards mate. jiu-jitsu I love jiu-jitsu yeah welcome I, to the show mate <laughs> getting put getting put put in your first arm bar in jiu-jitsu would have been savage yeah so like that initially and being like humble enough to get be really bad at something for yeah. a, like a few months and even longer. It's just reps. It's, it's just, just reps. like set me up now to just wanted to do stuff and being and like I'm okay with being an absolute beginner. And I've keep I've done so many different things where I've had to be a beginner again. But that's when I started my conditioning journey. That's when I started getting into functional fitness and I kind of left the bodybuilding background behind. Although like I always have a like a love for just going to get a pump and lift weights. Like I still really enjoy that, but that's when I started to really dive into performance. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and and at this point, have you done your? Have you have you then gone and done your course in fitness and got qualified during this p- period as well? Yeah. So eighteen, I get qualified as a personal trainer. Right. I start kind of doing it on the side. Now, you know, three four months into the course, everyone's hitting up me for training. Like I, there was a, a one other guy who was like a, a national level swimmer on the team. Started smoking him and yeah, every, yeah. everything we're doing, and then I'm starting to like get a bit of attention from actual firefighters and like, what are you, what are you doing for your conditioning? Yeah. So I started to kind of get in closer with that network, start working out with actual guys who are on the fire team. And then, yeah, I've started so build, you, so I built a really good reputation yeah. for performance training from 18, 19. Okay. So now, so now you're doing that and obviously you've built this reputation as being a top performance coach and you're coaching all these firefighters and you've probably got athletes coming to mm. you at this stage. And everyone's coming to you in Canada. At what point do you turn around and say to yourself, okay, I'll, I want to leave all this that I've built, that I've spent years to build, and, and come to Australia? Yeah, I seem to do this thing when something's going really well, I'll just pivot and <laughs> do something <laughs> different. It is, yeah. is, 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 so so what, what, what drives that pivot? What, what is it about doing well that you just don't want to be comfortable, so you just want to pivot into something else? Yeah, I don't even think that's intentional. Like, um, I do f- perform better if I'm a little bit stressed out. Like, when everything's going well, I'm just a bit like, okay. Yeah. I'm, pre- I'm prepared for something to to go wrong, and it's just that's just my psychology. Maybe it's 
how I grew up. Mate, and I, th- I think being a little bit on edge all the time, you know. What 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 is it that puts you on edge about 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 yeah? What is it that puts you on edge? Like, give us a bit of. Oh, edge. I think just like growing up, just as an example, just from childhood experiences. If I'm going into one of the big airport hangars before deployment, and then my dad kneels down to me, I'm like eight years old. He's like, "If I don't come back, you got to look after the family." Yeah, like that's that's, a, that's usually not normal conversation. It's a lot of responsibility. That's that's some that's some deep that's some deep stuff. And and I've not been to that because my my dad wasn't in the military, but my dad was like a well a well known guy, and he's a well he's well held in he's held in high regard where we live. And um, he he's always said similar things to me, like look, if if you know if this happens, then you've got to look after your sister and your mother. You know what I mean? And when he used to go away to to jobs and and work away, he used to say that to me too. And I can just when you said that, I felt the impact that that those those terms had on me. I didn't even realize until you just mentioned it. Yeah, you like look up, you feel this giant bubble of motion go from your stomach to your head, and you're like, "Yeah, how am I supposed to do that? I'm eight years old." <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it just sets the landscape for kind of a stressful environment of un- uncertainty. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're kind of like thinking of the worst, but obviously hoping for the best, and like yeah. that kind of transitions into later life. You know what I mean? Yeah, and 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 of course, it's hard to unlearn that feeling once you felt it as as a man, like because. You, that's a lot of stress if you if you don't know when your dad's coming back or or potentially like god forbid if he's coming back you know from that situation at such a young age that's going to impact you that's going to impact your whole life so you've decided now to to so 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 what at what point did you decide i'm still fascinated by this like what what why australia what point did you decide that like you randomly just come home and say okay australia like how did it happen oh again like i hate to just keep hammering on this military background but we moved around a lot yeah. So I'm like just super used to picking up and going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I moved like eight or nine times, different schools, uh, like a lot of the time. So for me, like the thought of for a lot of people when they're 20 years old to go to a different country where they don't know anyone, like that's going to be pretty scary. And obviously like it was, like it's like that's going to be highly uncomfortable, like moving somewhere, especially across the world, um, and then just trying to start fresh. Or even, I, I mean, I just wanted to come here for six months. Like yeah. that was my initial goal. I kind of need to see something before I was ready to really dive into my career and start applying for the fire department and taking that seriously. I needed a bit of a break. And also, where I'm from, like, no one really leaves. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Which is, like, it's it's fair enough. Like, it's just a different lifestyle. And, like, people are really, really happy. Like, they'll work at the same job for a long time. They'll do the same thing. And, you know, they'll get the house, the wife, and the kids. And they're really? they're happy. But I was just like, maybe there's something else out there. I just have to see. That that's what I wanted. To, I wanted to see if there's anything else out there. Yeah, and 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 do you know what? I kind of felt the same where I'm from, which is Peterborough in the UK. Obviously, you're from Edmonton, but Peterborough, Edmonton, probably probably similar size, like maybe like four, five hundred, two hundred fifty k people, something like that, maybe. And yeah, a lot, a lot. I've got a lot of friends that have have gone on to do successful things, but they've always left that area and gone on and achieved it in London or in Dubai or in Australia or somewhere else, and then come back and then they've, then they've got the kind of thing going. But yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. You can't just surround yourself with the same thing over and over again and expect different results, which is what a lot of people do. Which is why I don't understand. But so you've you've obviously book you book a one way ticket here. Is it is, is that how, is that how it went? Yeah. Yeah, so I come here, and um, I'm like, oh, wow, this is really nice. Like, I'm all, <laughs> I've kind of, I've you know when you're kind of magnetized or pulled towards, like, a few ideas? Like, yeah. I'm like, I've always wanted to, like, live on a beach, and I've always wanted to own a gym. Like, for, probably from the age of, like, 16, I'm like, I don't like the cold weather. Yeah, it is like, shit. I can handle it, but it's, it's like, it's cold. 
Like it gets to the coldest I've felt is minus sixty seven. Like it's cold where I'm from. <sighs> Mate, minus sixty seven degrees. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And I decided to go it's called a polar bear run in Canada. Of course you did. So <laughs> if you have like a, a, a jacuzzi, I guess you call it a spa here. Yeah, yeah. It's outside. You get out of the spa. Yeah. And then you roll around in the snow. Yeah. And then you jump back in. It's a surefire way to just destroy your immune system. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so why do you do it then? Just, just uh, a few too many drinks. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys, you guys loved like throwing some. Uh, Was it called tubing? In it, like where you throw, where you get like a is it like a like a like a dinghy type thing that you put at the top of a yeah. hill and you float down the rapids on it and you get and you get you all get like totally off your face in, in these tubes. <laughs> I see. How do you know about that? Yeah, because my mate my mate sent it's me a Canadian video. Secret. Yeah, yeah, it's a Canadian <laughs> Canadian secret. Yeah. So you come over here, you, uh, like like he's mate. You're still going through visa. You're still going through visas now, aren't you? Like this, you're not even permanent or. No, or not, and no. you've been here how long? Like nine years. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. You just live in life on the edge yeah you, you, you live life on the edge but so at what so you started personal training here just like doing beach sessions and things like that or how did how did you build up that that initial base of clientele like who did you meet who who introduced you into the, like, the local community and that kind of stuff um well it's actually really hard like when you come here you don't know anyone you're just trying to like meet some people and like you're trying to be social you go out to like a coffee shop by yourself so i got really used to just spending a lot of time by myself yeah which I liked, but I also felt like I just needed a social aspect. So I started calling some gyms and be like, hey, are you guys hiring anyone? And like the first gym I went down to, Ferry Road, Snap Fitness, they're like, we're not really hiring. And I sat there, talked to them, had a conversation. And then they're like, okay, you can we'll start. give here. you a shot. Yeah, we'll give you a shot. And so you started just taking some clients in Snap Fitness. So I, I presume one of them eventually was Chris, was it? Yeah, so he was actually working with another trainer, and then I started having these conversations with this trainer, and he probably he probably thought I was speaking in a different language because, you know, th- like you articulate yourself a different way uh, when you're speaking, like with trainers or peers in the industry. Like, there's some terminologies that I just wouldn't use with normal clients. I wanted to be really understand if I'm talking to kind of a layperson. Yeah, so it's yeah. easy to digest. Like, I'm not going to say like externally rotate your humerus. Like, that's I'm like just move your elbow. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's simplify like, it. I sh- and I showed him a few things, and he's like. I've got a few clients. I think they'd actually be better off with you. So he actually gave me a few clients, which was really nice of him. Just that, because well, I so another PT just yeah, gave yeah. clients. Is that a different skill set? And one of them was Chris. Yeah. And yeah, at the yeah. time, he's like, "I want to get better at ice hockey." I'm like, "Oh, I've trained lots of hockey players." Yeah. I showed him some stuff. Got onto his diet. Got him into shape. And then instead of paying me for the first session, he's like, "Do you want a ticket to this party that I'm throwing?" It was called the Island of Sin. what a party to go to so i'm like okay i don't really know anyone like i'll i'll come to this party and then obviously so you just you you, uh, so was this was this a fancy dress party by any chance no it was like a boat party shirts off onto an island of course it was of course it was so you went dressed as tarzan didn't you yeah yeah (laughs) wearing a fig leaf i'm like these bloody australians can party (laughs) seriously yeah um yeah so then that kind of expanded kind of a social network and he's if you know Chris, he's a master referrer if he likes something. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So th- then I, I kind of, I didn't have a falling out with Snap Fitness. I just, I had shared different views. So I, I, so I left there and we started training in the garage. And that was the saga of the never quit. So That's when it started. So, yeah. So was that Chris's, Chris's like garage, like originally then? The, the, yeah. the original never quit was his garage. Yeah. So he moved into a house, had a garage. So you think about there's a pull up bar. Yeah. There's a kettlebell. Yeah. A barbell. And 
a bit of weight. And this was the start of never quit. Yeah. So I'm not even kidding. I had dentists. I had lawyers. I had doctors. I had, there's even like a few professional athletes that came to the garage with minimal equipment. Yeah. And we're getting world-class workouts. So that's when I really started to understand like um, how to develop systems and methodologies. Like if you have one kettlebell, you become the best fucking kettlebell trainer in the planet because that's that's your only tool you know what i mean yeah so i got yeah, really yeah. good with what i had like our first sled was a, a milk crate filled with weights yeah, yeah and yeah. a chain attached to it i've got photos we really? ended up getting like a keg um like we had this homemade uh plyo box like we started and you know people had insane workouts like i worked people really really hard in Mate. that garage and some of the best results i've ever produced with people still I've, i i i remember that original gym very well and and how spit and sawdust it was, but that was that was the beauty of it. That was the whole beauty of it. But I d- obviously I didn't see this 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 garage or garage or whatever you want to call it. I didn't see that that was that was before the, before never quit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So like, and that's where I started to kind of understand. It's like it's not the equipment; it's the people and the experience and the results. People, if you get people results, they don't care where they're training. Yeah, hundred percent. You know what I mean. Yeah, because people not not every not everyone wants to train in a commercial facility that has seventeen hundred treadmills and and you know what I mean, no atmosphere and and like like I was saying to Nathan on the other podcast, it's like uh, you know the only thing you say to someone is, "Are you finished with that bit of equipment?" You know what I mean? It's soulless, isn't it? So I think that I think that because you put your personality and your and your like drive for fitness and wrapped it around a meaning and gave people a bit of a meaning behind the workout as well, that's why it went off like a rocket. Yeah, but it was such a fun time. Like, there was insane workouts, you know, there's people throwing up in the garden. Like, that's when, <laughs> that's when people, I didn't name it. Like, people yeah. gave it the name because if you go there, you like, you know you can't quit. I see. So you, so you didn't even name no, it? No, I didn't name it. Yeah. I didn't come up with the name. <laughs> so, someone just, so who was it that said to you, oh, we're going to call it Never Quit? Oh, I think it was probably Chris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice, man. Uh, and, and obviously then, then you, so w- at what point do you decide – Okay, then I'm serious about this and I want to have my own gym. So you've, so what was, yeah. So what led you into obviously like going and putting your, putting your nuts on the line and getting a commercial facility? In the yeah. Original? I actually never decided I was pressured into it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, like kind of that fear of responsibility, like started yeah, kicking yeah, yeah. in and you yeah. started thinking like all the things that can go wrong and you're like, you know, I'm 21, 22. Yeah. Uh, my visa is expiring. I've got a ticket home. Like so I'm you not, had you had a ticket booked. Yeah, I, I was never going to do the gym. Yeah, this is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was never going to the gym. I had a ticket home, and my parents like, you need to come home, work on your career. Because at that time, even like 10 years ago when I started, like personal training was never really seen as a career. It's kind of nah. like a hobby or something you did part-time. Yeah, yeah. So again, like the social pressure, and you kind of start listening to people like, oh, you got to go to university, you got to you know get a degree. Like you actually have to get a career. And like yeah. in the back of my mind, I was like, I just want to do this fitness thing. Yeah, but I also not? thought I'm like, maybe I should do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because ev- when everyone's telling you to to do what society wants you to do, it, it can be a lot of pressure because obviously, like that is the done thing, isn't it? The done thing for for for, for, for lads our age is, you know, uh, if I if if you leave school at like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, is to go and get either a trade or go and go to university then it's go then it's go and buy your house and then it's find a woman by 25 and then marry her at 27 and then have kids at 30 it's like well, that's not really much of a life if, if if you if that's not what you aspire to do in the first place yeah and and you also shouldn't be uh, like feel bad about if you have an unconventional path 
Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like I've I had an extremely unconventional path. Path, you know what I mean, mate. Your path's still unconventional. You got what you got. One, you've you've your gym won Gold Coast Gym of the Year, and you st- you're still not a permanent resident, mate. <laughs> like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, that's a pretty big achievement, isn't it? To, for 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 a Canadian to be to win Gym of the Year, and and you haven't you haven't even sorted the visa yet. So, like, your your path's never going to be conventional, is it? Like, the your whole journey to this point has just not been conventional. Yeah, and I was like, at the, at the time, it actually kind of felt a bit selfish. I'm like, I'm just doing what I want because it can engage me more. I can put more effort into it and I actually enjoy it and I do a better job at it. Like, that's all I thought. Yeah. and I, Because I, I'm like, I actually really, really, really enjoy it. Yeah, and, there's, uh, and, uh, and to be selfish for that reason, there's no problem with that. There's no problem with that. It's, it's it's similar to myself, you know, coming to Australia. Is it what is it what my family thought I'd be doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, probably not. But at the end of the day, you got to go and, do what you want to do for you. You can't live your life for someone else. There's too many people out there. There's probably people that listen to this right now that are hearing this at this point in time that are living their life predicated on the fact of what their mum and dad said. You know, I've got a lot of I've got a lot of friends that um, are from different kind of um, ethnic backgrounds where in their cultures it's like you have to be a doctor, lawyer, or a dentist. You can't you can't be a PT because that's just not what they do in their in their in their culture. That's mad, isn't it, when you think about it? Yeah. But it, it did take a long time for me to think, like, this whole thing was going to work. Like, there was a lot of a lot of years in there, like, uh, should I give up? But then probably one of the best things for not giving up is having a, a business called Never Quit. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the point when you decided that you might have to give this up? Oh, well, I guess I'll finish the part where... I had a ticket home. I just broken up with my girlfriend. I'm like, I'm going home. I got to go try and find a career. Whether hold on a minute, whether you a had a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, no Believe way. It or not, yeah, no way. I did not know this. Yeah, had one for a couple of years, and then um, you had a girlfriend for a couple of years. Yeah, when I when I was young, like probably after six months of moving uh, in here, an Australian girl. Yeah. Shout out to the Australian girl <laughs> on this podcast that managed to lock Ian down for two years because <laughs> I don't think any woman could achieve that until I've just heard that. That's epic, mate. Yeah. I, and uh, what uh, we can't drop her name, though. No? No, 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 we can't drop her name. But anyway, congratulations to you. You've done a solid on that one. But anyway, so yeah, so you've split up with your girlfriend. You got your ticket booked home. Then, 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 obviously, you don't. Yeah, go. no visa. And then uh, <laughs> one of my clients who was training at the time, he's like, "Come for a drive with me." I'm like, okay, where are we going? Like, I'm I, like, I don't mind surprises, but I'm also like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Another party, yeah. Carry yeah. on. Yeah. So then we go like pull down this alley, and I'm like, what did I do to this guy? Is he gonna whack me in the back of this alley? <laughs> 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 and then, anyways, we get out of the car, and it's like a broom shed, and he gives me a key. He's like, open it up, open it up, and it's like a 75 square meter um, dust closet, like that you put yeah, some yeah, clean. Yeah. Cleaning yeah. supplies in. Yeah. And he's like, it's a gym. <laughs> he's like, you should start a gym. Let's start a gym. Yeah. And I'm like, at that point in my time, I had all these things kind of like building up in my head saying, no, 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 like, don't do it. Like, just go home. And then all of a sudden it overpowered my brain. And the words, these words, I swear, this, this is what popped into my brain. It was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let's do it. I think because I always wanted to have, a gym. I didn't have a visa. Didn't have anything lined up. We didn't even know what we were gonna do. But I just said fuck it, and I'm glad I did. Like obviously, I've gotten to here now because I could have easily said no. Mate, mate, 
I just want to. I just want to. I just want to drop some value for the women. Women that are listening to this podcast. The secret to dating Ian is to overpower his brain with so much concept that he says "fuck it" and he dates you. <laughs> That's the, that is literally the secret. But anyway, so yeah, so you, so you took it on. You took on the gym, and then like you've you've literally got one kettlebell, one barbell, a couple of dumbbells, and you just started. And you brought all your clients into this into this facility. No signage, no nothing. And how many how many years were you there? And and give me give me a little bit of an insight into like the type because I know you trained like lots of celebrities and stuff like that, and you brought them into that facility, and they didn't mind the facility either. No, well, I guess in those early years, and the idea behind like just starting it, like, hey, if there's at least four of us, like the four guys that were friends, we go in here, and it's just us that train, and we pay a, like there wasn't much rent, we pay a little bit, and we have a good time, we've got somewhere good to work out, like. That's fine. If it doesn't work out, it was never really approached from like, okay, let's do this as a business. It was more of like, let's just have fun. Like, great culture. Let's invite our friends down. We can invite people down. Like, I'll run some classes. Like, it'll be a good time. Um, but that being said, like the first first week or two that we were going, like the classes were pretty pumped. I've got some old videos. I'll show you here. Maybe I'll show you afterwards. But you can kind of see we had a the pull up system that we built. We got a welder and he made it for like 180 bucks. Yeah, and it was he welded up some dip bars, some pull up bars. We ended up getting some TRXs. Uh, didn't have barbells really at this point, um, but yeah, we just went from there. Started running some classes, and then that's when I really started. Like I'd run some group training in Canada, but that's when I really started to put the hours in group training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like S- for six. about five years, I was running about, or even longer, about six years, like four, five, six classes a day. Yeah, I was going to say to you. So when that's when I started to really observe like how people train, how they respond, and really start to create a lot more philosophies rather than strength and conditioning or athletic training for athletes more geared towards like, okay, this is the everyday person. Like how are we going to program and how are we going to get the best results for those people? Yeah, yeah. So you you, you literally systemized how to get the optimum out of a gen, what they term as a general population yeah. client. And I yeah oh tried a ton of different stuff probably tortured people along the way found out what <laughs> found out what worked well you know what didn't you like you learn a lot from um, doing the wrong thing and is this how you syst- how you went and like obviously systemized the gym obviously what 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 was the point where, I just want to go back quickly just say which what was the point obviously you were training a lot of one to one clients did you just decide that okay this is too much I've just got to pivot into group training because otherwise I just can't get the value out of my time is that is that what it was or was it the fact of I've got to think of a better way of impacting more people um I think at the time like it, you start to like get involved in business and you think about what's kind of like economic and for like time yeah uh return on money like not yeah. that it's all about money it's actually not for me it's not really about money that much at all yeah. but you just figure out like how you can better spend your time you know what i mean yeah 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 and and so how many classes a day were you doing at this point yeah so i would do i would do the yeah probably like 4 to 5 a day and then i'm doing a lot of pts as well cuz cuz i've read i've read somewhere that you've coached over 20,000 hours now Oh yeah, well over twenty. Like I've been doing it since I was eighteen. Yeah, I know it's mad. So it I've done mad. a lot of hours on a gym floor. I've seen a lot of people move. I've seen everything you could see in a gym. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I don't doubt that at all. So what? When did you start getting all these like the interest from? When did it go from being like doctors and and lawyers and people like that? When did it start becoming like you know looking looking after certain celebrities and getting those types of people and like the and when Instagram was popping off, getting the, getting the influencers in there with the blue ticks and stuff like that. When did all that start really start ramping up? 
Yeah, I think it was just from referral. Like, I must have just been that guy. Like, hey, I know this guy who trains in a shed in the back of an alley. And he's, he's like, he's really good. Like, you're going to go there. You'll have a great workout. You got to go down there for a session. I think that was kind of how it started. One of the, I guess the first ones was um, I had one of the girls training there. She's like, oh, my friend and her partner on this TV show. They're coming in from Melbourne. Like, they really want to come in for a session. Yeah. So then they came in. And then those people know other people. And you just do a really good job. And. It's just um, perpetual, basically. Yeah, like, and I was, I was, they've, you know, these type of people have worked with a lot of different trainers because a lot of them are quite into fitness. And, like, I could solve the problems that they had much quicker than anyone else could when it comes to, like, nutrition training and stuff like that. So I became, like, quite hands-on with them, and they did a good job. Like, I've trained a lot of them now for people for weddings, like those guys especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for um, sure. Like, I kind of get the call if, you know, need to get fit for a movie so yeah, it's, it's, that's that's you nice. kind of get known as that that guy who can produce the results. Before quickly. before COVID, I remember one girl flying in from LA. Next day, she's in the gym with you, <laughs> like straight away. She's booked in for like three weeks every day, like training with you. Yeah. So it just goes to show you what what how people value you. Um, at the end of the day, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like it's like a mad it's a mad thing. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of fun too. Like um, like I still really enjoy training people. Like even if I reckon if I won the lottery, I'd still train people. Which mate, that, <laughs> and can I just say that 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 when you find your purpose and what you're truly meant to be doing in life, like I believe, like this podcast and everything that I'm doing with this is kind of me finding my purpose. But you've obviously found it in fitness, and that's why you why when even when we get further along this story, you'll see why it's been so successful and and why it's why it's always just rolled on and why why I think that you'll always find a way to do something like even though that you might doubt yourself and you might want to fly home or you might want to go see your family and that or you'll get pressures from outside you'll still you'll still just find a way to move the needle again I mean I was talking to to Nathan and and it's, I don't want to go too far ahead but in, you know obviously you're looking at opening another facility now I mean who would have thought like 10 years ago that you'd you'd be opening your second facility in australia or potentially opening the second facility do you know what i mean it's like so look how it's rolled on for you yeah and i'm like super grateful for all the hard experiences there because there's like a few years there where it's like you know i'm the, i'm the other one coaching classes like i i didn't have a car like i couldn't afford a car this is before i could get a moped <laughs> Mate, yeah. and i i you know i I do like 100 kilometers a week on my feet just to get around like yeah, i would yeah. just walk or run and that's when i started listening to podcasts and I'm like, I'm going to use this time wisely to further my knowledge. But I remember still one of the happiest moments of my life, one of the best moments of my life, because, again, I felt like I had a bit of purpose. So middle of winter in Australia, look, it's not that cold, but it's pissing down rain, four in the morning. Like, I wake up, and I'm like, I've got to go, got to, go to the gym to run a class. I run in the pouring rain, and I get there, and there's one person in my class. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. I, and I, I've done, I, I, I know how that feels. did yeah. that so many times, and you're like, What's like, the should, point? Should so I keep going? What's the point? Yeah, I mean, but I, again, I was like happy because I'm like I'm trying to do this thing and I'm 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 gonna give it my best crack. You know what I mean? Yeah, but your classes started with one person, just like this podcast started with one listener. Like, this is what people have got to understand, though, Ian. Like, at the end of the day, you have to start with one, and you have to, and then you have to 
add so much value that it goes to two and then to three and then to four that's that's how that's how life is i'm afraid it doesn't matter what you start and for you to to obviously go through all the adversity that you've gone through in your early days seeing your dad go away and all that stuff that you faced and then to to lead to up to i know how hard it is mate to pick up a bag and to cut, fly to the other side of the world i i feel that and we have had a diff, slightly different background but i kind of feel that we res from this podcast i kind of feel that we resonate on a lot of things that i didn't even realize yeah. but to do that it takes a lot of nuts mate to do that so you've got to give yourself a pat on the back for that so credit to yourself i just want to say that to you but so you've obviously now you've created all these programs that's kicking off everything's moving forward like what so fast forward you've had that you've had that gym for like three or four years now and then obviously someone says to you we're gonna knock it down like <laughs> like what what because this is this, this i imagine at this point this is another moment that you're thinking fuck this i need to quit like this is this, yeah. is, this is this is not my time what was going through your mind yeah so you, your brain starts to spin around and you're like okay well maybe this is end of one chapter let's start looking at maybe some other options and like I, but at that point i had done the gym like as a gym yeah. owner like I, yeah. had, I had done that it, it was like as um like the way it was operating then it was like a lot of work so I was, I was maybe 78 hours a week, would you say, I reckon? Yeah, but I was also working two to three other jobs at the time as well. Uh, really? What were you doing? So I was doing topless waitering. <laughs> Not really a job, but still messes with your sleep a little bit. Mate, now, I know, now I know how you got the clients. I fucking, <laughs> I knew it wasn't just I've word like of three, mouth. Yeah, at least 300 hens parties. So. Yeah, okay. okay. So we that, won't put that on the resume. <laughs> <laughs> what, what other jobs uh, were you so doing? A host in a nightclub as well. Yeah. I was well, what, like a, I guess it's like a greeter, and you see people down at a restaurant. Was this with the shirt off as well? No, <laughs> <laughs> I did all sorts of yeah, all sorts of stuff to just kind of pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. nothing, uh, nothing that's X rated, but um, just serving some drinks and stuff yeah. like that. With my shirt and off. how many calendars have you featured? It? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's one of the questions. None that I know of. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a yeah. fireman's calendar out there, girls. I'm sure you can download it. We'll 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 add the link in the show notes. But, but yeah, just all sorts of stuff on the side just to keep the gym going and keep that working. Obviously, like, you know, immigration is not cheap and mate, you can't even get a credit card. So you got to literally just pay for everything. So for for some people who might not know this, I had a I had the same setup kind of gym as you did. But I had Frankie Knuckles Boxing Gym in Main Beach out of a double garage unit, similar, smaller than what you had. And I was training, doing all my one-to-one clients. And I was in that for like a year and a half or two years. But whereas you got to that point and made the decision to keep pushing through, I actually got to the point was like, I was fucked. Like I was literally like fucked mentally and physically. And it kind of it was taking my passion away from boxing because I was just all the, all the time like you never the income wasn't steady i couldn't scale it how i wanted to it, it, it was tight on money i was driving a banged up car do you know what i mean you're always worrying all the time like what's you know you got people looking down at you because you're chasing your dream in a foreign country but you've got fuck all money like there's even times when i went out with went without food for like a day or something because i couldn't afford it mate so yeah. like it's it's, it's it's some so i understand exactly what you're talking about in those days but like so what what so obviously when they say to you you obviously they're knocking down this facility so you've got to move like and you so you said to yourself okay i'm gonna fly back to canada again was this was this your thought process or what was the what was the thought process yeah well the thought process was like okay well i've learned a ton like no matter what happens like there's always a, a good opportunity to like learn and i got so much experience from the gym and i'm like okay well 
maybe my time in Australia is done. Like, this is it. I've had a, an awesome run. I've met some incredible people. Although it was hard, I had some really, really formidable experiences. And now it's kind of given me a little bit more self-belief to go take the next step and almost do whatever. I've become, like, well-ingrained in habits of learning and trying to get better. So, like, my confidence to take on something new, maybe even if it was different, was, like, pretty good because I'm like, okay, I can understand, I can learn, I can kind of evolve as I go no matter what I decide to do. So I, it was just like, okay, well, maybe I'm going to do something else. And then at this time, Nathan was like, uh, who was working out at Never Quit. Yeah. And he's like, um, like for me, I'm actually not that ambitious. I'm just selfish and I like to do a lot of <laughs> things that I like to do. <laughs> I but, love how honest you are about but that. But that, again, it allows me to work at a, a level and a pace because I enjoy it. Um, like, and just, just keep grinding away because I just, I like it. So he's like, let's do another gym. So we started looking for other gyms. And he's really persuasive, if you know Nathan. Yeah, he's yeah, good. Yeah, he, he he's is. He's really, he really is, good. He like, is, he, he can is. persuade the best of he's the best he, of he's, he's a natural, um, what I call, like, uh, very encouraging salesman. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He, and he, he, gets sells stuff, he gets stuff done. Like, he's, he's really, really good at de- getting stuff done, which is, like, not my strength. Whereas, like, my strength is, like, the fitness philosophies, the concepts, the... Like really just focusing on, you know, producing results and creating an awesome product from the training perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he was like kind of nudging me. He was actually getting me excited. But, I mean, we would have looked at like 20 to 30 properties. This is over six months. And we don't know when the p- building's getting bulldozed. Yeah. So you're going, and he was telling me you you were going week to week at this point. Like you you didn't know whether your classes were all going to be canceled that week because they were going to bulldoze your gym down. That's that's pretty, like yeah, living on the edge. Yeah, six like months, that. yeah. That's mad, mate. Yeah, and then um, we get a call from the commercial real estate. You might have heard the story in the other one. We go over, check it out. It's awesome. Well, Nathan thinks it's awesome. I look in there. <laughs> 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 wow, there's a lot of work to do. <laughs> he and, got excited. And I'm, te- I'm yeah. telling you, like, I s- I've seen you with a power tool, mate, and, and it's not really your forte. <laughs> <laughs> look, I can do it. But um, I'm a bit resistant to the, the fact that doing hey, it. Can I just tell you guys, right, the first time I saw Ian with a drill, it, he was having his photo taken on the roof <laughs> <laughs> for Instagram. I had to let uh, the people know. Yeah, with his shirt off and his hat. like, like he's, And he's getting the angle right. He's, he's good at the angles. But yeah, carry on, mate. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, so again, like that was a, a little bit of uncertainty. We had to get this place ready. Uh, wasn't exactly starting from scratch, but it wasn't a favorable position to start. There's yeah, a lot of yeah. a lot of work. A lot to of do. work went in, yeah. Um, anyways, we like we had, um, I guess, asymmetrical qualities that merged well together. Meaning, like he's good at stuff that I'm not. I'm good at stuff that he's not. Yeah. yeah so we worked really well as a team, um, and yeah. So we, I could see from like a functionality perspective, this relationship was going to work out really well. Yeah. And we just started getting shit done, like yeah. it, really, really efficiently, and we started doing well and working as a team. And then, kind of the training philosophies and. Uh, the program started to get the light that they needed and the attention that they needed in a sense of like the business and administrative perspective. Yeah. So we yeah. started to merge together and like that's when the product really started to take off is when we merged with Nathan and he kind of put the driving force into like, let's add a business element to this existingly awesome kind of cool concept. Yeah. And like just how I like to run it, like people coming down, having fun. 
getting good results, good energy, good vibes, and you know, you, I was happy with that. Like, you're you're behind you're behind the culture and the programming and the vibe of the gym, and then obviously Nathan's got the drive and, and driving it forward business wise, and then Emily's got the creative flair that you two both don't have in terms of how it looks and feels, and I think that's why as as three of you together as business partners, it's just gone boom and it's gone from strength to strength. I mean, you left you left that gym that's going to be knocked down with what like fifty members, and you've got like nearly 200 members now like in this new facility and it's a premium facility premium price point it's not it's not like your 999 gym down the road that's not got any that you just walk into and you're left left soulless and left to walk around it's like it's a real good community vibe there yeah it's boutique it's a little bit more expensive but we we really look after everyone who comes and everyone enjoys themselves and hopefully well everyone works hard and um hopefully gets results that they're after so yeah, mate, and, and and I think you've done excellent, all of you getting it, getting it in there. I just want to pivot now. Obviously, that's 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 your journey side of things, and, and where you where you're at now. But like in relation, to, like I've had a lot of questions. I put it out on Instagram. But I've had a lot of questions uh, in regards to like the people really want to delve deep into like for for your things. Some of these some of these questions are like like um, I'll give you I'll give you examples. So the first question is like. A lot of people are asking about sleep and how and how like the stress of sleep, not sleeping, can negatively impact your body, and they're wondering if you could give some insights into into how that negative uh, negatively affects your body and stuff like that. Yeah, so I, obviously working in a gym so much, you get a ton of questions all the time, um, and then if I meet with someone personally, that's actually one of the first things that I think about is you know how are you sleeping and is that sleep quality and are we optimizing sleep because it's going to dictate how well you recover. And one thing that people don't know is it's going to help manage stress in the body, but also cognitive function. People are like, I'm tired. I'm like, how's your sleep? Like, I need more mental focus. I'm like, how's your sleep? Even libido. So a lot of your sex hormones or androgens or, and anything, I guess, that involves repair is going to happen while you sleep. Athletes, recovery, sleep. So I think sleep has a bigger impact than people think. And it's, there's actually a really good book called Why We Sleep by Matt Walker. So it, basically shines a flashlight on everything involved with sleeping. But I guess going back to your question is like, how can sleep affect stress? So I guess when do we take a look at physiology, which is kind of like the internal biological processes, like everything that's going on inside of us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we have different hormones and they have different jobs and responsibilities. Obviously like endocrinology is quite complex, but looking at this in a simple way is we can talk about cortisol. So cortisol is kind of one of the primary stress hormones. So it get elevated whether we have psychological stress or physical stressors as well. And a physical stressor can be lack of sleep. So the lack of sleep puts your cortisol levels up. Yeah, so it can elevate your cortisol levels. And then that can impact your androgens in a way of... So obviously for males, we have testosterone. And that's yeah. kind of our primary androgen or our male sex hormone. So there's this thing called pregnenolone, and that's the building block for testosterone, but it's actually the building block for cortisol as well. So you can get, if you have elevated cortisol, it steals that testosterone building block and shuttles it towards cortisol. Is that why your libido goes down? That's why it can when you're stressed or you're lacking on sleep. Is but also, like, you do get a, a production element when you do sleep. So. And is, is that the same for both women and men? Obviously, like um, it's going to be slightly different based off male and female, but also like a, a lot of other things. Like what happens when you're stressed or when you have elevated cortisol? There's a few other things that happen. You resist carbohydrates, or you become a slightly insulin resistant. 
your cognitive function, say, for example, if you have two nights of sleep where you're uh, undersleeping, that's your brain is functioning in the same way as like you've had two to three drinks of alcohol, like a blood, um, a blood alcohol level of like point zero. I think four or eight, I believe. Is that is that that cloudy feeling you get over your mind at the time? Yeah. I think, yeah, sleep is important for a lot of different reasons. But one, if you're not sleeping well, you can definitely have an elevation in cortisol. And then two, you can have a, a decreased, obviously, recovery. Three, you can have an, uh, a decreased androgenic effect, which is your um, anabolic hormones or your androgenic hormones. There's a lot of things that can go up. And you, met, you lose a bit of mental clarity. That being said, that's the problem. That's what happens. What is the solution? This right, is usually okay, what yeah, I focus on. Yeah, yeah, I usually yeah. don't like to talk about like that in depth stuff because it can yeah, I'm saying I'm saying put it put it in layman's terms, yeah, because obviously a lot of people like you've got all the te- and I think the te- I think the technical analysis behind what you say is great because people need to understand like the the building blocks of it. But then just put it into layman's terms on how people can obviously I th- I th- how people how people can obviously improve like have less stress and get more sleep and and obviously like that. Yeah, so I think probably the biggest thing that I see now is just having like a bit of a sleep hygiene routine. So like, what are you doing for the hour leading up to bed? What are most people doing? They're on their phone. They're on their phone. So what happens when you look at blue light? It stimulates your mind. Not only that, but it blocks melatonin release, which is a key hormone for sleep. So is, is that because it says you're awake? Yeah. Yeah, well, look at the sky. It's blue. Like, yeah. as we evolve, we know, like, when we see that light, it's time to be awake. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, I guess, if you look at, uh, like, when you're going to sleep, and I don't want to get segued, but even when you switch your phone to, like, night shift mode, it kind of puts that dulled kind of amber. Yeah. And it's way less harsh on your eyes. Yeah. So yeah. that could be a simple tip for people, putting your phone on night shift mode. Yeah. Just so that light isn't emitting into your eyes as much. But also, like you said, like, you don't want your brain to feel stimulated before you go to bed. I mean, I mean, me personally, I turn off all notifications on all apps. Um, they're off all the time, so like no socials, no social. I if, unless I check it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I also uh, put the phone on on permanent silent mode, like in terms of like a do not disturb. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? The only thing that I struggle with sometimes is it, it can be quite addictive to pick it up. And if you look at your pickups at the end of the day, it can be really bad. So I would say like put your phone somewhere else <laughs> because otherwise you're knackered because that thing's, that thing's built to be picked up in it, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, it's really hard. Like I've worked with some people on breaking the, the cycle of just trying to check their phone before bed. It's a lot harder than you think. But as soon as you're conscious of it and you got to think about the benefits of like having a deeper sleep and when people notice like, okay, that was a good sleep. I feel way better. I've got more energy. I'm recovering better. Everything in my life, like I feel less stressed. It can have a good impact. So that's that's one thing. Like trying to stay away from artificial light at nighttime is going to help really increase your sleep. Yeah. And what about, um, so a lot of, uh, and a lot of the questions are, and I think this is a better way of asking it. People really want to know like what does Ian days look like like in terms of like what is how do you structure your day to to, to win the game because obviously I, I i know from emily she tells me that ian has a lot of naps <laughs> yeah well i prefer to call them strategic horizontal life pauses it sounds much more um Strate- say that again a strategic horizontal life pause <laughs> instead of a nap it doesn't sound as lazy <laughs> mate you, you complicate things he, uh, he has a snooze right anyway yeah. so to get so give us give us a give us a bit of protocol that people can follow like your daily your 
daily habits that obviously lead you because you're in you're in great shape there's no doubt about that you chiseled you you've been following this protocol for years obviously that's been instilled in you from your dad and from the military and from from the firefighting stuff and probably from a lot of those party hen parties you used to do (laughs) but mate just tell just give people a bit of an overview of of how your day looks like from from wake up and that because people are interested in that stuff yeah hopefully there's some good tangibles and i've worked at the kind of my daily routine for a while because like most of your day is going to be controlled by habits. Yeah. You got this software running in the background. It's kind of dictate what you're going to do each day. So like if you have good habits, the outcome of whatever you're doing in your life is going to be a lot better. Whether it's the habit of going to the gym, whether it's the habit of being productive, whether the habits, um, whether it's a habit of taking the time to manage your emotions from like um, a meditative or relaxation practices and stuff like that. Yeah. That all has a good impact. So that's something I guess I'll talk about now. So the first thing I do when I wake up and I might, I know this might sound cheesy, but it's literally what I do and I've done for the last... Go for it. I don't know. I just, I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, thank you. Like, I'm yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's perfect. I, you know what I mean? And that's actually... It's a good way to start the day, mate, because it makes you feel grateful. And I'm like, I'm here. I'm breathing. I'm above the flowers. I'm, I'm alive. Jacked. <laughs> you know? And it, like, whatever, it, what, for whatever reason, it just, it calms me down and it makes me feel uh, relaxed and it makes me feel like really thankful to just be there and here today you know what i mean yeah yeah, 100% and it's it's going to be a little bit different for everyone but like trying that practice just alleviates a little bit of tension it relaxes you and it just makes you no matter what else happens that day you're like i'm here i'm alive let's do this yeah it's only up from here because like people people do get like some people stub their toe and it'll ruin their whole day like, cause it just spirals out of control. They stub their toe, then they're stuck in traffic, then they're late for the office, and they just get into a, into a perpetual mood about it. So, like, so yeah. Once you, so you wake up, you say thank you for starting the day and all that stuff. But what's 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 next for Ian? Then this is where I start to get into some breathing routines. So I get into some. Um, so with my kind of meditative practice, I would start with the breath because that's obviously going to dictate how the body feels. So you can actually control kind of that physiological or internal physiological response with a bit of breathing. So I do a bit of nasal breathing. So you can either breathe, like you breathe 26,000 times a day. Right. And it's what's called an autonomic function of the nervous system. So you can be conscious of it and actually control it, or you can just do it without even thinking. Like we've been breathing this whole time. I've been thinking about it. You know what I mean? I hope we've been breathing. (laughs) (laughs) So once you start to understand, okay, if I do this with my breath, I feel a certain way. You were like, this is, you feel like you've unlocked a bit of a superpower. So when did you discover this breath work? Oh, God, this is a long story. Should I tell it? Well, I, as it's part, I mean, I do, uh, we're going through your daily routine. I think, we, I think we've got to explain why things are in, the, in there. Just not, if people, have, if people have got your routine that they ask for, but no context as to why you use it and yeah. why you do it, then this is kind of pointless. So yeah, 100%, you should yeah. explain it. Well, I'll, I'll start off by saying I used to think that breathing and meditation was just bullshit. I'm like, who has time for that? This seems like a waste of time and energy. Yeah. So if anyone's sitting there thinking like, oh, meditation, that seems like a, a bit of a waste of time or like, does it even work? I can say I was thinking that exact same thing. So I was thinking I was like 22, 23 one of the girls who was coming to the gym was a yoga instructor or yogi. Yeah. And she was pretty heavily into it at the time. And she's like, um, oh, I've obviously come to some of your classes. Do you want to come to a meditation workshop with me? Like it's yoga instructors only, but I can get you in. And at the time I'm like, I'm, I'm training like a savage at this age. Like I'm, I'm honestly probably wearing my body into the ground a little bit. We'll yeah. talk about overtraining it a little. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's on here, mate. It's on here. But <laughs> I'm like sprinting, lifting heavy weights, you know, 
doing crazy workouts, like you have a thousand reps, like that was that was pretty common. And I'm like, I don't have time to go sit on a floor and do some breathing. Anyways, I'm like that part of my brain is like, hey, just be open minded, go. So I, I went, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> felt a bit out of place being the only guy who wasn't a yogi there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't even take my shoes off and then everyone looked at me. (laughs) 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 Better take these off. Uh, So I get in there and the first thing that they say is like, okay, there's going to be no talking for the next five hours. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what you say to me when I walk in the gym (laughs) every day. Like Frankie, don't say anything to offend anybody. Yeah, carry on. So I I get in there and the next thing is like anyone who sat cross-legged on a wooden floor who's never really done it before understands the pain that your feet go in. Yeah. So I'm sitting there cross-legged on this wooden floor. There's starting to do a bit of chanting. Chanting? <laughs> what the fuck were you chanting? I thought you were meditating. Oh, yeah. There's a bit of like oming and chanting and stuff. So I'm like... Were you beating your chest like Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> no. it, it's like... Da, da, da. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, just go. Be open-minded. You're going to do this. You're going to do it to 100%. Like, just commit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my mind, I'm like... And, and if you've ever sat still for a long period of time, your mind starts... I've got ADHD, bro. It's, it's hardly going to happen, is it? Like, this is the longest you'll ever see me sat still, and I'm hardly sat still while we do this, but yeah. Yeah, so I'm sitting still. They're starting to, like, talk about the breathing. All I can think about is if my feet are going to explode. Like, there's <laughs> so much pain. So it, it keeps going. So we're, we're finished an hour. My, my mind's starting to get a little bit quieter. I'm starting to feel in touch with my breath. I'm starting to slow things down. And I realize as I start to slow the breath down... My mind gets a little bit quiet. And it's like typically most people for the mind, if they've never meditated, think about it as like a rapid, like as in, you know, the the water stream you see in the mountains, it's moving yeah, so yeah. fast. Yeah. And if you want to make any like changes from like a conscious or even tapping into the subconscious, that's like trying to drop a water droplet into a rapid. Whereas like when I started to get a little bit further into this meditation, I realized I had a lot more oversight and I could slow down my perspective. I could really think. I couldn't never, I never, I actually didn't realize I'd never truly deeply had thoughts until I meditated. So I'm like three, four hours into this. I'm doing like one breath a minute. And I'm like, at this point, I'm experiencing a level of peacefulness, a level of relaxation and a level of insight, not only on myself, but on, you know, things that I'm thinking about that I've never experienced before. And I'm like, light bulb went off. I'm like, there's something to this. Yeah. I, I feel so different. I feel calm. I feel relaxed. I feel thoughtful. I feel like um, just it's it's a weird sensation unless you've done it. It's not about thinking about nothing. It's just bringing just focus, presence, and attention. And that's what I felt. Like I wasn't thinking about what's happening tomorrow, what happened today. I was really just conscious of what my body was doing and what I was what was happening at that time. So that's when I'm like, okay, I need to explore this stuff a little bit more. And I've started to educate myself on the breath practices. I did some study with Wim Hof, uh, another guy named Steve Maxwell, who's the the master of this breathing summit that goes around the world. He was really interesting. Um, and then daily practice—that's where so, you get. So get then you br- you've brought that into your daily routine, yeah. and then and then and and I think I think I've got to start doing that because like just 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 the way you said that it calms your mind and takes like a takes like a wavy ocean into a flatter ocean like the way that the way that that's depicted I'm kind of like maybe I need some of that in my life do you know what I mean definitely so that so you so you get up you you've done you've done you've done you've obviously been you've practiced your your gratitude you, you've 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 done your breathing exercises what's next um so lately I've been doing these things called nootropic 
meditative states. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this so, is why I ask you these questions. Yeah, here, as soon as you- I wake up, I'll take uh, certain um, certain supplements that are going to affect different parts of my brain to a certain a function way. So what are new, is this? Is this what nootropics are then? Are they just supplements for the brain function? Yeah, you have these things called neurotransmitters. Um, they're actually these. these I, w- I won't get into too much detail, but they're basically going to dictate things like memory, focus, attention, yeah. um, and stuff like that. So I'll take certain ones for a certain outcome that I want. Like if I want to feel focused, attentive, alertive, I'll take those, and then I'll start breathing. And then when you layer that in with the breathing, you get another kick on your physiology through the supplements, and you can really start to dial in exactly how you want to feel. So you do all this before you even like have breakfast or walk in the gym? Yeah, it's pretty quick. So I, I wake up, like obviously to an alarm because I wake up pretty early, like four or five in the morning. As soon as I wake up, I've got my water. I take the, my supplements. I lay down and start breathing. And then I can actually feel the exact moment these supplements start kicking in, the way they make my brain feel. And then I'll get on with my day. And I try, I try, 99% of the time I'm good. I try not to check my phone for the first hour. Yeah, yeah. I try yeah. because like I find my attention span. If I scroll through fr- social media, the first thing in the morning is, is terrible. Yeah, especially And I go on my Instagram. phone way more for the rest of the day. Yeah, for sure. So you've you've done all that. Do you eat in the morning or do you just go straight in? Um, at this point, it's like really just intuitive. Like if I'm go- my goal is to like build muscle and put on size, like I'm going to eat breakfast. I'm not I'm not going to prolong that. Like if you're gonna if you want to build tissue, you got to eat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, if I'm trying to build muscle, I'll eat. If I'm not, I'll just pay attention how I feel. If I'm not hungry, then you don't you don't go forcing it. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, how long would you typically fast for during a day? Um, Well, obviously, yeah, because I'm still working with clients at the gym, so I usually finish up around eleven. Like I'll start eating around eleven. If I'm really struggling, like I'm just hungry, I'll have something like a protein shake. So, so obviously, this that's that's your morning routine. You're in the gym. You're training the clients. So how do you use this strategic horizontal, whatever you call it, the this, this snooze? Like, when, do you just, like, if you just feel tired, do you just have, like, 15 minutes? Is, is it advantageous, do you find, for, for people who are training to just have 15-minute nap or 20-minute nap? Or what's, yeah, what's, 20 minutes is ideal. Like, you don't want to stretch it out too long. Yeah. Like, that sweet spot's about 20 minutes. Yeah. And even just, like, now the research on just, like, laying down and closing your eyes, whether you, like, fall asleep and hit a sleep cycle, like, that's also beneficial as well. Just as a recharge. Yeah. You got to realize, like, the the brain is the governing sister of everything. Like, your muscles move because your brain tells it to. Like, your muscles contract because your brain tells it to. It's, the nervous system is what recovers when you train, or, you, sorry, when you nap. So it's, it's just more so about the recovery of the brain. So what? And and also, I wanted to ask, like, at the end of at the end of this day, obviously you've had you've you've had a nap, and you've obviously gone gone on and done the rest of your day, done the rest of your training. You go home, you eat. What kind of time? What kind of time are you like? Do you think that most people should like be putting themselves into this? Into like, what's what's your protocol for like sleep? How do you plan that out? Because obviously you're saying, do you, do, you, do you go to bed at eight or do, what do you do? Yeah, I do get a lot of shit because everyone's like, oh, you, is it past your bedtime? Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. eight, 830. And again, like I'm just regimented. Like I know for me, if I want to give like energy to my clients, like I got to be rested. Um, so yeah, I, go, I usually start to wind down around eight o'clock. And that's when I start to put my screen on like really dimmed yeah, yeah. night shift mode. So I search, I'll probably just put on a podcast. Nothing that's going to stimulate me too much. I can't listen to business podcasts at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just like sends my brain into like thinking about things like business. Yeah. Um, but more so just something like just a, a podcast that's on an unrelated subject that I'm, I'm trying to learn about. 
And I'll start doing a bit of stretching. Like having your muscles relax before you go to sleep really helps wind down. So I'll do like, I want to say like five, five minutes some night, 10 minutes some of the, If I'm really stiff, I'll do a little bit longer. And then I'll brush my teeth and then I'll start doing my breathing. So you, you and you, and it's the same, and that is that Monday to Friday or is it Saturday and Sunday as well? Uh, I kind of give myself a little bit of break on the weekends. Yeah. So like from, from Friday onwards? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah Friday. So people, people are also asking like, obviously, obviously the reason why you've got this, this, this body and the physique that you've got is obviously because you've trained for so long. Like it's clear if you've listened to this podcast enough that you are conditioned for that from a young age, but like, what do you, but people are asking like, what do you actually eat to, to, to maintain that body? Like in terms of like, is there, is there, do you eat six times a day? Do you eat four times a day? Is it like, what, what, what foods are you eating? What, what are you making sure is, is definitely in your diet? What are you making sure is definitely out your diet? Um, what are the, what are the things that people can like obviously miss that absolutely impact on their, on, on how they look the most? Um, that's a good question. And for like nutrition, especially and training, because like, I'm all about the details like we talked about. Yeah. Like I try not to give general advice because it actually just confuses people. But that being said, like I can give some principles. Yeah, that the, can the, help the principles of guide, what people need. Yeah, guide some people. Yeah. Um, I think kind of like some pillars of health, like we talked about sleep, stress management, um, eating whole whole nutritious foods. I'm all about balance too. Like you got to obviously enjoy your life and there's yeah. going to be times where you, you want to eat something and enjoy it. Do you have cheat meals? Yeah, like you, it's, you got to think about this. This is the analogy that I give people. Like if someone comes to me and they've got a lot of work to do to get healthy, that's the first goal, not weight yeah. loss. It's like, yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. you really healthy. Yeah. And a byproduct of that is you losing weight. Um, you Think about it as like a, a bank account. Yeah. Okay, so you get this health bank. For like five years, you've been just spending. You're in the red, right? Yeah. Like I'm over here, like I've been making deposits every day for, I don't know, 15 years. Yeah. So I've got a bit of that balance built up. You know what I mean? From those daily installments. Cause so yeah, sleep. so if you, if you eat a burger, your body's eating it. But if you eat a yeah. burger and you've been abusing yourself for the last 10 years doing cocaine binges, <laughs> you're going to put on a bit of fat in there. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, it's, it's probably not going to help your health at all. Yeah. So like, yeah, those daily investments, good sleep, stress management, training, recovery principles, recovery strategies, uh, eating well, being uh, thoughtful with, you know, nutrition and supplements. Like that all, those are all little deposits that add up over a long time. Yeah. Like if I have a cheat meal, it's, it's honestly not going to do that much. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. So, like, understanding the context of like where you're at, and and you what know, you can eat as a direct result of where you're at. Yeah, you can get a, like moderation is the key. Like, like eating a burger is never going to make anyone fat. You know what I mean? Like having burgers every day and you know soft drink every day. Like over time, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna put on some weight. Yeah, yeah 100%. but like I'm just really big on health because I understand how it affects like the body and the system of the body. So, like, if another principle is like. Try and eat vegetables, like as many vegetables as you can from different colors. You know, they'll give you different micronutrients. And um, like those micronutrients build a lot of processes in your body. So eating a lot of vegetables, eating protein, like protein is quite good for you. I mean, I don't know if there's any vegans out there, but depending on what your protein <laughs> source is, you know, try, yeah. and, try and mix it up. You know, eggs, fish, lamb, beef, chicken, like all that kind of stuff. Just vary it up. Try not to eat the same thing over and over because one you're gonna just hate your diet but then you're limiting your nutrient profile um, yeah I, th I think i think that uh, you know there's a lot of these new fad things that people come out with like vegan pescatarian vegetarian all these different 
ways of describing what people eat and this that, and the other. I think it's all like I think a balanced diet is is what people need. To be honest, I know it sounds so simple, and people always want this like sometimes in depth answer. But I'm like, just don't eat shit. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not literally, but just like you, you and I, and most people know the difference between yeah. like that's healthy, that's unhealthy. Yeah. It's just more about making the consciousness. It's, it's moderation at the end of the day. You can yeah. ha- you can have a you can have a cake if you want a cake. You can you can eat yeah. chips if you want to eat chips. But it's like, don't go out um, and and abuse your body all weekend and then wonder why in five days you can't catch up. Because a, a lot of people, especially in Australia, they'll go and abuse their body on Friday, Saturday, and they'll have a Sunday session because it's massive here. That's what they do. And Sunday will be a bigger day than the Friday and Saturday for a lot of them. Yeah, that's like getting a paycheck. Yeah, and then oh, I got this great, and then spending it on the weekend, you end but, up back at zero. Yeah, yeah, hundred you know percent. I mean? And I see, I do see people that that are in this like wheel of death, as I call it, where they where they don't really change because, and I'm talking about over a period of years, not months. They've not changed over years because they've just constantly every weekend getting on it, getting on the drugs, getting on the drink, and it's just it's, just, it's like what's the point? Like you're wasting your time. Yeah, but, it it is harsh on your body, and like one perspective shift that a lot of people have, like you literally only get one body. You, yeah. you you have to look after it. You get one. Yeah. You don't get a replacement. They don't send you a new one in the mail. Like you can't trade this one in in ten years. Nah. You get one, and I'm telling you now, like it's better to start looking after it now than waiting ten years. Yeah. And then being on a bottle of medication or having to worry about living another day because you didn't look after yourself. But the second best time to start looking after your body if you've not already started is today. Like yeah. or, or tomorrow or whenever you want to start. But just just start. Like just yeah. start doing something. Even even if it's walking ten thousand steps a day, it's a good habit to get into. Yeah. One, that's one of the habits that I practice. You know, ten thousand steps, make sure I train at least one hour a day hard with weights. Box a throw boxing in there a couple of times a week to try and to loosen up, you know. Then I've got a Cairo, I've got a masseuse, I've got um, I've got a, a woman that stretches me. Yeah. Like I've got all this stuff that I've built into like my lifestyle to make sure that I hit the kind of goals I'm training for, like yourself. So fully understand, fully understand where yeah. you're going with that. Well, you got to start people where they are, but it, at the end of the day, it's actually an element of respect that you have for yourself. Yeah, yeah. looking after your body. Yeah, it's not a, like for for a lot of people and even me like. It's not about just looking good at the beach. Like, it's you got to respect your body. You got to look after it. Like, it's it's what carries you around in life. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's I like I, I think people kind of miss that, and you you do have to respect yourself at some level and look after your body. I think it's just a, a necessary for everyone. Because I've because I've obviously heard through the grapevine that even if you're like asked out on a night out on say a Wednesday night, you you'll turn that down because you you you've you're going to sleep at eight thirty, yeah. Because and you'll do that regularly, like because you just don't you you don't compromise your routine for anybody, unless unless it's a real special occasion, probably. Yeah, and like I, I have points in times when it comes to like enjoying myself and drinking or going out and socializing. Like I feel like I do have a good balance. Like I'm not looking back in my life where I regret or feel like I missed out on anything. You know what I mean? It's, it's just the balance is always actually pretty hard for a lot of fitness people to grasp because they're really focused on training and nutrition and stuff like that. But I feel like I've done a good job. I've had a lot of good experiences. Yeah, hundred percent. You have. You've done, mate. You've done. You've achieved so much and done so much in in the, in a time period, especially in time period in Australia. Give us a bit of a overview of of how you see like the way that the future of like fitness and well being is being practiced. Because obviously, there's a lot of changes coming in the industry all the time. Like, where's it going? Yeah. So. Actually, when I first moved here, I kind of had, like, a foresight of, like, what I thought was going to be 
kind of popular. And then now you can kind of see some emerging trends. So this is kind of how we came up with our, or came up with the concept that we have now. Probably like, we started probably like three, four years ago, adding a level of individuality to group training. I don't know if there's anyone else who does this. We just, I just did it based off a little bit of feedback. And then what I thought was a good practice is segmenting one single workout into a goal, whether it's strength and muscle building or conditioning and kind of like that athletic focused training. Yeah. Um, one, because it's just varied stimulus. Yep. Like if you want to train to build muscles, like you're going to have to train a certain way. If you want to train your energy systems and condition a certain way, that's going to be done. So I think that moving forward, like especially group fitness, like it, it should be a bit more individualized. And yeah. I think, well, hopefully this is the way it's going. Hopefully now people are starting to be a little bit more thoughtful with their training as in like including a good warm up. I think yeah, that's kind yeah. of like that just makes a sense. standard procedure. Yeah, but you would believe it like a lot so of people, many people don't warm up. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people don't warm up. Having a thoughtful approach to your training like using something called periodization which is a bit more structure and planning to your workouts. I think these are all good practices that a lot of people forgot about and got caught up in novelty. But these things have been working for 50 to 60 years for some of the best performers in the world. I think even having a deload week, like down, yeah. uh, just where you, where, you, where, you drop, where you drop all the weight to go light and just let your body recover and rest because that was something I was missing from my training. But but um, It allows that, you to get better. Yeah, 100%. And you come back stronger, actually, uh, 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 after that week. Yeah, so I think moving forward, like the future, like hopefully... And like I'm starting to see it now, like people are just going to get a bit more intelligent with their approach to, to programming and training. Yes. Yeah, so because I, like fads literally come and go. Like we've been around for a while now and like we've had seen so many fads come and go, but we've just followed these principles of like effective program design, varying the stimulus based off the goal. So you can't train for everything at once. It just doesn't happen. You can't do that. Do you think, and I just want to pivot on this, do you think there's um, a massive pressure with how people look now just because of like Instagram and platforms like that? Oh, 100%. Do you see that a lot? Yeah, like what happens when you open up Instagram? So you open it up, instantly your brain is shifted into a mode of judgment, whether you're judging what that video or that photo looks like or whether you're judging how you compare to that photo. So like, again, whether you're conscious of it or not, like, you're going to be like, oh, that person looks fit. How do I look? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, again, like, I try to shift, like, when I meet with someone, if it's it's about goals, I try and understand what they want, and then I try and help them understand why they want it, and then if that's a good reasoning why, we can work on that and then use that moving forward. But if it's not, let's, like, let's adjust this perspective. Let's yeah. do it because we want to, like, respect our body, and we want to do it because we want to live a healthier and happier life. Not just because we want to look good. Yeah. That's going to be a byproduct. Like if you're healthy and you're trained and you're consistent, like you're, you're going to look good. You're going to look good anyway as a byproduct. 100% you are. Like I don't, I don't even why people have that as a measurement. It's, at the end of the day, it's just how you feel within yourself that, that kind of that kind of does these things. Do you know what I mean? It's, you should train for how you feel and how and how it makes you feel and keeps your mind sharp. You can earn more money. You could be more productive. You could sleep better. You'll have better sex life. The whole The whole thing without even looking in the mirror. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, like I do get it because like I've been at that point where I'm like, oh, you know, I felt like I had to be at a certain body fat percentage to feel a certain way about myself. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not the healthiest thing to do because no, because like, it eats you up, and you and it's a game you can't win, Ian. It's a game it, you can't you just win. can't win. And you know, there's all sorts of p- parts of my life which I've I've slowly worked on and erased the, the elements of validation and feeling like I needed that 
to be happy or I needed that to feel good about myself. And that's something which maybe we could leave for another podcast, but that's emotional fitness. Yeah. yeah. And that's huge. That's probably the okay. biggest the biggest thing that people are lacking these days is emotional fitness. You well, know just, what I mean? just give us an overview of that, of, 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 the, of emotional fitness and what that means to you. Um, I think that's just, there's a, you got to understand there's a difference between happiness and joy. So kind of what I'm searching for is that inherent joy of life. Happiness comes and goes, you know what I mean? It's very transient. Like, um, I guess what's an example? Like you have an amazing week at work. You get a pat on the back. Maybe you get a promotion. That's, that that feeling and sensation is temporary, whereas the joy comes into what you're doing day to day, what you're passionate about, who you're surrounding yourself with, the vision that you have for your life, and whether you know there's ups and downs in there, you're kind of on that path. And emotional fitness comes into that because, like, you know, your psychology and the way that you think and the what your belief systems like and how you feel about yourself like that's going to dictate and going to translate into joy. You know what I mean? So, I, like, I think it's I, it's a, it's a very lengthy and interesting conversation about emotional fitness. But I've worked on a tremendous amount of things when it comes to like relationships, when it comes to like things that I want to, I wouldn't say improve. You have to like kind of compassionately inquire because you're a certain way for a certain reason. And most likely it was to protect you or help you get through certain things in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they exist there for a reason, but over time they can become corrosive. You know what I mean? Certain behaviors and actions were there to serve you at one point in time, but now can be detrimental later in life. Mate, some of the things that I used to do to, uh, as like a protective type of measure that would just that would just automatically alienate other people away from 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 me as a bloke and not really show my true self because I was I was in this defensive mode. Mate, th- those things you got to break those patterns otherwise they're never going to support you going forward. And that's that's all part of this emotional fitness and what you're saying and what you're trying to articulate here is the fact that you know, yeah, I've never it, actually spoken about this concept. I've like I've just thought about it to myself, like you know, no, but how I, th- I manage it. This this is this is why we, this is why I do this is because like emotional fitness as a term is a great term to to say that because so even like in sport, yeah, you can have an athlete that's the top of his game, the top most talented person in 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 the sport, but you you and I both know that if behind the scenes he's got. Um, proper he's not he's not engaged in society right or his or his relationship shit or other parts of his life are completely fucked it'll it'll fuck the front end of what he's actually meant to be good at right so it's all about what what i think you're trying to articulate and what i'm trying to articulate here is the fact that people need to understand it's it's not just about the physical fitness side of things it's about how do you how do you feel how do you feel it in the other buckets of your life and 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 look you've got to look at everything collectively to decide where you're going physically is that what you're trying to articulate? Yeah, that's it. You know, we're all like, I'm still working on a lot of stuff. Like I see people post memes, you know, these kind of deep and thoughtful memes. I'm like, fuck, that can take 10 years to work on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's great written words, but like that's going to take a lot of time, effort, self-analysis and breaking bad habits to get to that point. You know what I mean? Like it's not easy. It's, the hardest thing is actually it's incredibly confronting if you want to change change of behavior. The, the psychology behind someone who posts something, like if someone if someone posts something saying they're happy, then I question their happiness. And if someone posts a meme, say it's a woman that posts a meme about uh, about a breakup meme, then I obviously know at that point in time that she's struggling with a breakup because psych- psychologically you would not post that 
if you're comfortable about that situation because you don't have to. So you kind of just, you kind of you you're putting it out into the world to 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 try and show the world I'm okay, but really you're just telling everyone that you that you're not okay and and, and that you're pissed off about a certain situation. It it actually tells you a lot about a person. It actually tells you a lot about yourself if you're willing to sit there and analyze the fact of you know what you're putting out there, the content you're putting out there. Is your feed all full of you with your shirt off or half naked or, or validation posts or posting for likes or whatever you're doing that that tells you a lot about where you're at in life and what and what your key focus is at that moment surely if you analyze yourself yeah of course and that's something that i've really really worked on and like i'm probably going to continue to work on but again as you start to peel these layers back and you start to like understand the certain behaviors and then you start to shift them like you feel this kind of i wouldn't say release but this lightness yeah of, yeah, yeah and yeah it's Stripping more about it understanding why yeah in the first place understanding yourself is probably one of the most rewarding like trips that you can go on you know what i mean to in, in in self-discovery like that self-discovery what 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 were the key things like is there any books that you've read on self-discovery that have kind of like led you down that path into thinking the way that you think now or is there any any advice and guidance you can give to people for putting them on that path um that's a good question i guess the meditation is probably been the, the best thing for me key. like all, any of the good insights that i've had or understandings i've had has been kind of in those meditative states because like i talked about before you like peel back the layers and obviously like the ego oh, which is mate, the, yeah. the front of the conscious mind like it's designed to protect you 100%. like that's, that's what it's there for but it also clouds your judgment and like that true internal dialogue you never really get to tap into that unless you um kind of still the water so like sometimes i'll just sit there and you know think about a question and then just kind of dive deep onto that topic and mate ego ego is something like it's it's so i understand it though you know yeah, what I mean? like i'm yeah. at this point now where i'm like I, all, get, I get it we've like, all we've we've all got an ego and we've everyone all, yeah and and we we've we all have to work on that ego because especially if you come from a sporting background because it's like say you come from a boxing background and then you walk into a weights gym and you see a big lad and even though you want to be a bit bigger yourself because you're because you're not you think to yourself oh fuck it i can knock him out anyway because that's just how you that's just how you've been brought up and with ice hockey probably a similar type of thing where you are oh, you know i could do this or i could do that do you know what i mean that's that's kind of like the, ma the man's version of an ego that, that you have to work on boxing that shit off because that shit will eat you up you know what i mean when yeah. when's when when comes a time you stop you know what i mean like it, it goes on for years if you don't if you don't kind of accept it yeah i think it's always going to be there it's just about managing it and i'm sure like when you're talking to someone now and you're like aware of your own ego yeah like, is my ego kind of getting in the way of listening to this or yeah. is am i talking directly to his ego or yeah. is he yeah. allowing me to actually is he actually listening or is he just hearing what i'm saying yeah yeah um like you can become super like you're aware of when it's heightened up and it's firing and you're not yeah, listening yeah and yeah, you think yeah. you're right yeah and like it just completely clouds your judgment and your ability to listen so like everyone's got one it's always going to be there and there's silence part of the ego which i know that i i struggle with a lot more than the in your face i don't listen to you type ego yeah 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 <laughs> mate uh, i've definitely been been through all of those states myself mate. so yeah. I, I definitely i definitely feel you there so what's so what is i suppose the, f the, f the final question i really really have for you today is like what's what is ian's goals for like what he wants to do and the way he wants to impact fitness and and for the next 12 months two years i mean you are you, are you buzzing to set up this new gym or what's 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 the goals 
Um, that's a good question. I think it's important to like understand like how you break goals down. And I don't want to get too long winded with this, but you can have like obviously your fitness goals. Yeah. You can have your health goals. You can have your financial goals. You can have your business goals. You can have your lifestyle goals. So like for me, like I, I have been a little bit selfish lately and I've been really focusing on lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I want I wanted to play ice hockey again. So I'm playing ice hockey. Yeah. No, you set up a team. I'm, freaking, I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> like I'm really excited to get back into that. I like we kind of touched before. I'm like doing a bit of Muay Thai, which I love. Like it's good for me to just learn something different physically. Um, golfing, freaking love. I love going <laughs> golfing. Um, Can I just say some of your outfits for golf made me uh, laugh, mate. I, yeah. know, I know that's what you wear on a golf course, yeah. but I could not wear that. I could not wear that. Yeah, I just training. Like I'm really enjoying working out. Like obviously, if you do it for a job, like you can get over it. Like you yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, before, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you spend all day in a gym. You're <laughs> teaching other people to work out all day in a gym. Yeah. And then you have to work out yourself. And you're answering the same questions over and over and over again. Yeah. So I think from a lifestyle perspective, like I've got some things, like just exciting stuff that I'm doing. Like it's just really bringing a lot of joy to my life at the moment. Like it's making me like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So what have you called the team? Like Gold Coast Bullets or something? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking? There's no team name for it. We yeah. used to be the Slappers, but uh, we haven't played in a few years. Mate, you can't call yourself the Slappers, mate. Right? <laughs> anyone, that's, anyone that's listening, uh, do you know what a Slapper is in English? No. <laughs> oh, bro. A, sla- a Slapper is in English is like a slut or a slag or something. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, so like you can't call yourself the Slappers, mate. It's just, oh, Okay. It's, just, it's just not the dumb thing, mate. It's not. It's not the word you want to use. That will get taken out of context. But, I, but yeah, I think from a business perspective, um, yeah, whether whether it's setting up another gym or doing some stuff online, I think the online stuff is cool because it can scale so much. Yeah, hundred percent. And you can impact a lot of people. But I just like I really like the high touch in a sense of like I can yeah. actually have a conversation with someone in person. I can understand how they're feeling. Like I can have that almost um connection with someone like yeah, yeah you can have it online but it's just it's, it's not di- the same it's, it's not the same a little bit so i don't know if we're gonna you know go down that but i think whether we're helping more people in person and doing another gym or whether we sort i of heard a, a rooftop gym is on the cards oh <laughs> maybe we'll see i if if the kind of economics line up and the the lifestyle pieces for nathan and i line up then we'll We'll pursue it, but it's got to feel. It's got to feel right. It's got to feel right for everybody. I think. I think yeah. it's, it's like got to feel right for you, Emily, and Nate to go to go whatever path you want to go on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, again, like I'm not. I'm not in any rush. Like I'm enjoying it, mate. I've never seen you in a rush in your life. <laughs> You're half an hour late for this podcast. <laughs> mate, the TikTok it needs yeah. to be filmed. <laughs> have you, mate? Drop. That was my first one, by the way. Yeah. So have you got? I, I'm gonna just ask you now to drop your socials on here so, so people can follow you. What's your TikTok? Uh, I don't have one, but I was I just did a cameo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your Instagram? Drop it on it. Uh E and D fitness. And that being said, like I try and keep it lighthearted, somewhat informative, and I guess just not, not I don't share too much on there. Uh, but I share some practical tips here and there. Yeah, mate. Some of your stories where you break down um uh, breath work or meditation or periodic something else or whatever you're talking about at the time is, is some really detailed stuff so guys you should definitely follow uh end fitness on instagram and drop uh nqfitfactory.com isn't it your website yeah yeah and you can you can get uh ian's got like online programs and stuff like that it's all written so if you can't get to the physical location in bundle you guys can can sign up to some fitness programs on there and be supported by the man himself and mate just what's can you give anyone like one last bit of golden nugget knowledge before we leave this podcast? 
Oh, okay. I guess, well, if you're starting a fitness journey or you haven't started, the first place that you have to start is getting clear on what you want and then why you want it. If you want a goal-setting sheet, I'll send it out to you. And we'll, then, we'll link it in the show notes, yeah? Oh, yeah. I have this conversation. With like, well, I'm like, what do you want? Like, yeah. you, yeah. you got to think about it. Like, what do you actually want? And then, you know, think about why and then setting out some short-term goals. And usually it's just about picking one thing at a time. Like you said, if it's just walking for you yeah, and you get yourself moving, whether it's 10 minutes a day and you build on it, you have to start small and then build on it. Start with one thing and then build on it. Like over time, if I'm working with someone, like you can't change 10 habits in a week. You know what I mean? Let's pick one thing. Okay, we boom, built that or did that. We built a bit of confidence. What's the next thing? So start small, achieve, and then add from there. Yeah, yeah. But it has to be like that. And you'll notice your confidence. The number one thing with confidence, and I can tell you this because I did this for a long time, is if you say you're going to do something and don't do it, you're going to break your internal trust. You're going to destroy that confidence. But if you say you're going to do something, make a commitment to yourself, and actually follow through on it, that's going to build your confidence more than anything else. Keep that promise to yourself if you're going to do anything, especially when it comes to fitness. Mate, I, I love that golden nugget. And I was going to drop a little bit of banter on the end of the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even throw any jokes in there. Yeah, mate, honestly. But like girls, if, if you want to uh, slide in Ian's DMs, it's Ian D Fitness on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and he's single. He's told you he's single. And if you want to get in his good books, you've got to overwhelm him. Remember, he told you that. You've got to yeah. overwhelm. And that's the way you get a decision out of this guy. Anyway, yeah. thank you very much for tuning in. If you want to follow me, it's at Frankie Lee on Instagram. Um, we, I've also got links in the bio where you can obviously um, f- join join us. We're starting a new Facebook community. Um, FrankieLee.com's got gone up, gone up with a lot of other added stuff on there as well. Um, th- this will also be on YouTube and all that stuff. But one thing I was going to ask you guys, if you've listened this long, is to do me a solid because, like, if you could just, if you're listening to this and you've got value out of what Ian said or what I've said or f- from any of the podcasts and you've been listening for a while. If you could just do me a favor and just, you know, tell tell one other person or two other people, you know, this is what you're listening to and you and, and recommend the podcast if you've enjoyed it, that would be epic because that's how we're gonna increase the increase the community, increase the audience. And also if you've got time, if you could go and drop a review and you've got anything from us and drop a review on Apple, that would be epic too. And and that's all I wanna say. So this uh, goodbye from me and it's goodbye from The Canadian Oak. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And uh- yeah. Yeah. yeah That's it. Good times. Thanks Peace for out. Me. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee podcast.